Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the one and only Chocolate Puma Podcast. It is I, your boy, the Puma of Chocolate Descent. Given that it's Black History Month, it's time for me to dust off the February anthem here at Puma Pod, so here we go. And I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all. I'm black, blacker than black, black, I'm blacker than black, yo, because I'm black and I'm black. Yo, I'm black and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, 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 All right, so last night was the State of the Union, and I'm not going to dive deep into that grifter patting himself on the back or even that dumbass commercial from the Super Bowl that basically championed himself as the great emancipator of black people. And baby, as long as I have access to Anita Baker's internet and a voice, your boy won't let that slide. So just a reminder of the special kind of piece of shit that y'all's man is. Never forget... He had the largest housing discrimination suit ever filed against him. He openly called for the execution of the Central Park Fives and repeated calls for their incarceration despite DNA evidence exonerating them. In his book, Trump, he reportedly said, The only kind of people I want counting my money are short guys wearing yarmulkes. Those are the only kind of people I want counting my money, nobody else. Besides, I tell you something else, I think that guy's lazy, and it's probably not his fault because laziness is a trait in blacks. This was later said to be true by, I'm going to check the notes here real quick, ah yes, Donald Trump in an interview with Playboy. After the Charlottesville Unite the Right rally, uh, he said that there were very fine people on both sides. One side had white supremacists, neo-Nazis, and members of the Klan. Fine indeed. And let's see, he also told Democratic Congresswomen to, quote, go back where you came from, despite the fact all three were born here and all are citizens. And the coup de grace, he claimed Barack Obama wasn't born here and demanded to see his birth certificate. And if you don't understand how a con artist demanded a black man show his papers is racist as fuck, do me a favor, delete this, block me, never talk to me again. Also, uh, the pearl clutching about how Nancy Pelosi was being disrespectful, I do humbly ask you to kiss my ass if that's how you feel. He does more disrespectful things by 8 a.m. than she has done in her entire term. Whew. All right. So this past weekend was the Super Bowl. And allow me to back up just a little bit. On day one of Black History Month, we had a black quarterback unanimously be voted MVP in Lamar Jackson. On day two, we had a black quarterback win the Super Bowl, and he and his offensive coordinator were the first black quarterback, black coordinator combo to win the Super Bowl, and it got me down the road thinking again. In a league where 70% of the workforce is African American, you would think that there would be more head coaches and front office members to reflect the workforce. You'd be wrong. There are a few factors uh, that lead me to believe in the lack of chocolate head coaches, but it all boils down to a bias 
rather it be implicit or explicit, that leads those hiring positions to believe that black men are not capable of leading an NFL franchise as its coach. Despite the Rooney Rule being in effect for 12 seasons, we will be heading into the 2020 season with only four minority head coaches. The Rooney Rule mandates that an NFL team must interview at least one minority candidate for these jobs. And in most cases, they interview a candidate who has no experience just to check a box or someone they have no intention of hiring. Uh, basically, kind of like how the Cowboys interviewed Marvin Lewis, knowing they were going to give the job to Mike McCarthy, or a couple of years ago when the Philadelphia Eagles interviewed Deuce Staley, knowing that they had made up their mind on Doug Peterson already. And when you compare the resumes of some of these guys getting the jobs, it should be extremely apparent at that point. The New York Giants hired Joe Judge to be their head coach. Joe Judge was a special teams assistant from 2012 to 2015, and since then he was a special teams coordinator. Very solid resume. Now let's look at the guy who many believe should have had the job, Eric Bieniemy. From 2001 to 2005, he was college running back coach. He was also a college offensive coordinator. He was the running back coach for the Minnesota Vikings during Adrian Peterson's heyday. Um, let's see. In 2013, when Andy Reid became head coach of the Chiefs, he uh, became their running backs coach. In 2018, he became their offensive coordinator. And in the first season as the offensive coordinator, Chiefs were first in the NFL in yards per game and points scored. The Chiefs scored the third most points in NFL history with 565. And additionally to that, Chiefs quarterback Pat Mahomes became the second quarterback in NFL history, along with Peyton Manning, to throw for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns in a season. Now, who has the better resume and track record of developing young quarterbacks? And even when the job is given to a black head coach, the playing field is wildly uneven. For instance, the Detroit Lions hired Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell has a track record of success. He took the Colts to the Super Bowl. He revamped the Ravens' offense and led them to a Super Bowl win. During his time in Detroit, he had a winning record in three of his four seasons, got multiple trips to the playoffs, and was fired after going 9-7 and seven because nine wins wasn't enough for the Lions. The Detroit Lions said nine wins wasn't enough. Jim Caldwell has yet to be considered for another head coaching job. The Lions then went and hired the GM's buddy from New England, Matt Patricia. Patricia, in his two seasons as a head coach, has only nine wins. Now, am I calling the Lions br uh, brass racist? Not necessarily. But it's telling that nine wins a year wasn't enough for Caldwell, and Patricia gets a third crack at a losing season despite barely having nine wins in two years. According to a report from ESPN's Mike Sando, teams have taken a chance on 21 first-time white head coaches and only one first-time minority head coach, who was Todd Bowles, and this is over the hiring cycles from 2012 to 2016. In fact, in 20 years, second, third, and fourth-time white head coaches outnumber all minority hires by a 40 to 21 margin. A study from professors at Georgetown, George Washington, 
Emory and Iowa State University found white position coaches and assistants in the NFL are more than twice as likely to be promoted to coordinator than their black counterparts. Regardless of performance, experience, uh, coaching background, head coaches are typically plugged from the coordinator position. And when you are like Eric Bieniemy and become a coordinator, where the two previous people in said position, Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy, both became head coaches, while he remains in Andy Reid's shadow, the phrase "you have to work twice as hard to get half as far" certainly rings true. All right, folks, I think that's all I got in me today. Um, tune in next week, somewhere around the same time, probably on the same channel. Who knows? Uh, hope you all have a great week. Remember, your boy loves you. Peace. Talk to you soon.